new week, new podcast, back to work already, though um, some started on Saturday. <laughs> oh, snap. Canadian Thanksgiving? Happy Thanksgiving. Kiev been bombed because of the Kerch Strait Bridge. Destroyed. Elon Musk getting involved in this Ukrainian war conversation. His, what does he think now? And what is the real threat of this nuclear war? Um, I think it can actually happen. Not going to lie. With the back-to-work, it does seem like, uh, although the uh, city wind, the weather wind, is pretty big, has the wind in people's sails diminished a little bit? And yes, now on Substack, new platform. How many times or how many platforms do we really need? Monday, October 10th, 2022, I'm Steven Sersky. Thanks for uh, joining along here. And uh, it is Canadian Thanksgiving already. Uh, It is earlier. The U.S. American Thanksgiving takes place every uh, November 25th, and that's a big one because it's a Macy's uh, Thanksgiving Day Parade. It sort of marks the uh, Christmas season kickoff as well in the United States. In Canada, we celebrate a little bit earlier, uh, usually because by November 25th, um, (laughs) Canada's under snow, typically. Our, Our farms are Everything's been harvested, basically, at that point, the much shorter harvest uh, season. Um, Not doing anything special here in uh, China for this. Actually, this weekend, it was actually back to work for a lot of people. Um, I guess uh, on Saturday was the official back to work. So the way that it works here, and I think I've explained this before, uh, with uh, these extended breaks that China gives for its National Day and Spring Festivals, that you don't get a free day off. There's no actual day off. The the, the work days are moved. They're, they're shuttled around uh, before and after the uh, holiday. So you can have that one week off, but you still have to make up those days. So uh, people who got uh, Thursday, Friday off last week then had to work Saturday, Sunday, in addition to the Monday to Friday normal work week. So, um, which would you rather have? Would you rather have uh, like a a shorter national day break, like three or four days total, and not have to make up the work? Or would you rather make up that work, have that longer uh, break, and just make up the, the work days later on? This is the only country I've ever seen that does this. I've never heard of it happening anywhere else. Uh, and uh, I don't think it will happen anywhere else, to tell you the truth. Uh, but that's uh, that's what it is already. Uh, and yet the, the weather, actually, uh, on Saturday, the weather was a little bit, you know, it was very dreary. Uh, not just smoggy, it was drizzly as well, very rainy. Um, by Sunday, it cleared up, and it was it was nice. Uh, but there was a huge wind, so and it got it got cold. Like you can tell in the in the uh, uh, morning, it was a lot cool, cooler than it has been before. Like definitely, summer is over. And with that, like I mentioned, that um, you know the wind has picked up, but has the wind in people's sails dropped? And it's a, Saturday's uh, picture didn't really lend itself to a very joyful return to work after you know especially since it was the the beginning of a seven day work week for a lot of people a lot of Chinese people so I guess we can actually chalk this up to uh, the fact that yeah it is uh, you know the start of a very long work week that they have to make up the days that they didn't work because of the national day and even though 
They couldn't, and not only that, they couldn't go anywhere. A lot of companies urged their employees to uh, stay in Beijing and to not go anywhere. So as a result, I mean, they basically just stayed at home and did nothing. <laughs> uh, what a holiday, <laughs> right? Because uh, I guess if they did, there was a chance that they wouldn't be able to get back to Beijing or that they wouldn't be able to, um, th- that if they did go overseas, it'd get flagged. And when they came back to Beijing, they would have to quarantine again. So this was a, a big issue. Now, uh, there has been other big news over the weekend. Uh, I'm not sure if you guys are still following along this uh, Ukrainian war, uh, the Russian invasion of Ukraine, the special military operation invasion. Um, two things happened. Uh, Friday, was it Friday or Saturday? It was uh, Vladimir Putin's birthday, his 70th. The guy's 70 years old. And the Kerch Strait Bridge was bombed. So blown up. I mean, not demolished, but something hit it. Was it a cigarette? Was it a ship? Was it a truck? No one knows. Amazingly, no one knows. With all the technology we have, no one knows exactly who uh, uh, destroyed the bridge. But uh, there is a train that is stuck on the bridge, and that thing was uh, still burning. Uh, one one section of the vehicle passageway has been destroyed it's underwater and i think there's still one more lane that's open but i don't know would you would you want to drive across a bridge that has just been bombed and it you know it's kind of looking a little bit wavy i don't know that's a you must be pretty desperate to get across that bridge to in order to get going i mean i guess you just gunned it right you gun it hope for the best pray to your god and uh hopefully he'll get you across that bridge without you uh, falling into uh uh, the uh, the sea or into the uh, the water um, haven't heard of anything else collapsing f- from the bridge now the, this bridge is sort of a big deal uh, because it actually played two roles um, number one was that it um, was a, a connection it's the land connection between Russia and Ukraine in that part of that region um, that goes directly from Russian uh, territory into Crimea and it was always sort of seen as one of these things, like it was like a, a, an aggressive Russian act. Like the Ukrainians didn't want it for obvious reasons. Uh, they didn't want uh, a highway built across a, a body of water that pretty much led into the Russian military um, outpost in uh, Sevastopol. 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 Yes. The military, the naval base in uh, Crimea. And uh, so this was always sort of under contention, uh, at least as, as far as people are saying. Now that it's been bombed, you can say it's symbolic, whatever. The fact that it's been hit by something, no one, I mean, they're saying, Russia, of course, is saying that it's you know, Ukrainian uh, terrorists and Ukraine, <laughs> Ukraine is either taking credit for it or saying it was a Russian uh, false flag. Uh, event and false flag being something that uh, you know a military does to draw attention to uh, an issue, even though they did it themselves, sort of thing. So, and Russia is apparently pretty n- n- like notorious for doing these types of things uh, in the in the battlefield. Whatever the case may be, uh, I mean, this is uh, this happened 
basically right after Elon Musk last week was tweeting about how, you know, Ukraine and Russia should just sit down and negotiate. Even though now Turkey, Russia, Germany, the US, I think there's one other, France, they're all saying, oh yeah, we should all sit down and talk. And it's like, what about Ukraine? Why isn't Ukraine included in that conversation? I mean, Russia is poking itself into Ukraine. Ukraine should be at that table. Why? What are they going to talk about? That's going to convince Russia to do anything different. Or not Russia, Putin to do anything different, right? <sighs> then, next major development, Kiev was just, was just bombed. Downtown Kiev, uh, there's a bomb dropped. Uh, you can see the uh, clips, no doubt, uh, for whoever is saying that this war doesn't actually exist. I guess he's... I'm, I'm guessing you're not on social media or whatever. If you're saying, if you're still saying that this is a U.S. proxy war, uh, I think you've um, completely, you've missed it. You, you don't understand what's going on uh, at all, to tell you the truth. And re- regardless of whether or not you try to um, associate or you know uh, make analogies between this war and other wars, um, particularly in the Middle East, uh, I think you've sort of completely missed the boat uh, in terms of uh, what's actually going on between Russia and Ukraine in particular. And that Ukraine's choice to ally itself more with the West rather than with Russia uh, has very deep historical roots. And if you're saying that this is a U.S. proxy war, uh, don't bother messaging me. I mean, you're, you're, I don't know where you're um, getting your information. You're, you're probably not. You're just kind of making it up sort of thing. But uh, at least that's what it seems like. Because with now the bombs dropping in downtown Kiev itself... Uh, it's kind of like if Russia is willing to do that. Like, and, I mean, Kiev is a very historical city. I mean, there's a lot of um, historical buildings and uh, places around the uh, the whole city. They start hitting those things. That that's what their goal is here. This is what Putin has been talking about. This is what um, Putin is basically going for: is to eliminate the Ukrainian culture and the the people's. Uh, connection to that culture. They, they, Russia and the Soviet Union tried to do this 100 years ago uh, by extinguishing the Ukrainian language. And now with this invasion of, uh, of Ukraine, that's basically what he's trying to do is to pick away at Ukrainian identity, Ukrainian cultural identity. He hasn't succeeded with the language, uh, but he is trying to poke holes and not let Ukraine rest in terms of its military action. And I've said this before, I don't think Ukraine can rest. I don't think it should rest. If Ukraine wants to be an independent nation, a sovereign nation that chooses to ally itself with NATO, the US, then it has to build up its own forces. It cannot depend on them. And that's what immediately after uh, Kiev was bombed, uh, it was more calls for more weapons to Ukraine. You know, they got to be supplied with everything. It's like, well, if they're being supplied with everything, then they're basically part of NATO, which, I mean, is going to further... Part of NATO or not NATO, I mean, Putin was going to do this anyway. That's not that's not the argument. His Putin's whole goal here is to basically make Ukraine and its people subservient, or at least the, the geographical location of Ukraine subservient to Moscow. Ukraine hasn't let that happen. Uh, it, it's military, which has been heavily subsidized by uh, Western um, military equipment. If they don't start building this stuff on their own, there, there's there's no way that they'll be able to sustain it. The the, the debt load that they're accumulating uh, to the U- United States to to NATO, um, if the bombs don't break the country, 
it's going to be their financial system. Now, if they manage to uh, bulk up that border and are able to continue, resume their grain and other commodity exports, Ukraine makes up like 47% of the soybean oil market in the world. That's a lot. I mean, <laughs> that's a lot. If they could get that back to uh, uh, in order, they could pay off these debts. Problem is, you know, they're not having very much success. I mean, they, this harvest was interrupted with uh, next. Or were they? Uh, I'm not sure if they do winter wheat in in Ukraine either. Uh, but next year, I mean, is Russia going to show up in the spring and start, uh, you know, blowing holes in um, harvest in uh, farmers' fields again, or? Are those farmers' fields now mined? That's the other big thing about uh, uh, Ukrainian land. Is, has it been has it been mined, and is it safe to um, go across? All right. Anyway, so Elon, Elon Musk is going on about this as well. Uh, he um, released something a couple optimists. I didn't really understand why they did this. Uh, the the whole optimist thing. Uh, I guess it's a, some sort of autonomous uh, robot. But uh, I, I don't know what it's supposed to do. It, uh, I guess it's one of these things, uh, another little project of his, um, that, uh, I no, yeah, I have no idea what it's actually meant for, meant to do. Uh, that being the case, his, uh, the Tesla stock is massively down, and PayPal has been getting hit recently. I don't, and PayPal did some sort of change to its policies on the weekend, and it is, yeah, it's not looking good, apparently. Uh, it, I'm not even sure what the stock is at right now. Uh, it, a lot of, it was trending on Twitter uh, the other day uh, that uh, it was just, the, the company was getting slammed for something. I'm not sure. Apparently, people couldn't close their accounts. Uh, they couldn't uh, transfer money and stuff like that. I only started reusing PayPal last year because it has American dollars in it. And I didn't want to transit, you know, transfer it back to Canadian or anything like that. Um, but uh, I don't usually use it for very much at all, to tell you the truth. I mean, it's kind of just sits there and does nothing. Uh, let's see what the, uh, the stock chart's taking a while to uh, pop up here. Um, but yeah, apparently a lot of people were thinking about going short uh, that stock uh, today, basically, because uh, of the uh, policy change that happened. I guess it was just over the couple last couple of days over the weekend. I'm not entirely sure. There were some issues about that as well. Uh, but uh, so that, that's his former company. He's no longer part of PayPal. Um, let's see. Oh, it's $90 uh, United States, uh, $90, $90 US. I'm not sure. Is that is that bad? I mean, it's that's up from 70 in July, but not the uh, 102 that it was back in August. Um, yeah, but a lot of these stocks, a lot of the American stocks are getting hit. Last week was a, a big... Uh, Another drop, it sort of rallied in the beginning of the week and then fizzled at the end of the week for pick your reason why. I mean, does anyone really know? The U.S. dollar went up again, so that's that's never good for emerging markets, uh, especially for China. Not typically good. Uh, and if the U.S. dollar goes up, then markets typically go the other way, typically, typically, and especially with uh, commodities, since a lot of commodities are priced in U.S. dollars. All that being said, uh, how real do you think this threat of nuclear war actually is? Did, what would you do? And when will all of this end? Like, If Putin escalates, 
if Musk somehow, uh, after that, brokers a deal between Ukraine and Russia, I don't know how, uh, then what? Like, there is so much bad blood between these two countries now. And, and not just these two countries, I mean, between Russia and the world. How? Will using nukes, will the Russians inside of Russia feel good about themselves? Will you, as a traveler, want to go to Russia? Will you, if you met a Russian on the street, an expat, a Russian expat? Because I've said this before, it's not all Russians. A lot, I know some Russians who have actually been protesting this war, who are against this war, against this invasion, um, and don't are, are not seeing this the same way that Putin is seeing this at all. Um, that would a nu- How would a nuclear war... war or a nuclear bomb going off in Ukraine, how would that change your, your view of the situation? How would that change your view of traveling, of being an expat? Because I'm an expat here in Beijing. I mean, I, bomb goes off in Ukraine, that's over there. But, and China, I don't think, is going to get bombed, and I don't think they're going to start throwing bombs around anywhere, and I don't think Beijing is going to be bombed. Like, n- nothing like this. It's just... This very unsettling conversation now, to be fair, this is the same type of scare, this warmongering, not warmongering, this this is the fear that a lot of, um, well, that the country, like the US and Russia were, you know, saber rattling before in the, in the, in the Cold War. It was the same thing. They go escalate, 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 de-escalate, escalate. Now this guy on Joe Rogan and Elon Musk coming out and say, oh, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. We're, we're such a, on a verge of nuclear war. This happened during the Cold War as well. I've read one article published by Geo, Geopolitical Futures that basically said, if you're going to do a nuclear war, you do it. You don't talk about it. And now, is Putin different? Because Putin has said, you know, if, if you try, if Ukraine tries to go into NATO, I'll make it not exist anymore. And he's done that. But if he says he's going to use nukes, that's a whole different escalation. Wouldn't that be like all of a sudden Delta Six going into Moscow and taking care of the guy? Uh, sort of that that level sort of response. I mean, how would the world leaders, even the ones that are sympathetic to Russians, Russia's cause, the Russian government's cause, how will they view Russia after this? I mean, that that's a, a very strange it'd be how much of a different world would it be if you woke up the next day and you found out that uh kiev was nuked it's it's not there anymore i mean i would i i'm not sure how devastated i would be i mean i've been to the city a couple times um but uh, and i but many of the people i do know have either left or i mean they're they're not in kiev anymore right so uh <clears throat> it's but to think of the the history and the culture that has blown away in that, that would be more aggravating and like, then then sort of like, how dare you? And what would the response be of the Western world to something like that? I mean, would that spur Ukrainian expats to go return and, you know, pick up the fight? I don't know. I don't know if my, the, the people I know would go do it, but, uh, Certainly, there are still pushes for funding to the country and uh, a lot of support for Ukraine and a lot of anti-Russian sentiment. It's, yeah, this, I don't know. 
I, as an optimist, I want to say that there's no, I don't think so. But the fact that uh, Putin has talked about it, that he may not have it. And you know what? He's been sending this old military equipment to uh, Ukraine. Maybe he's just sort of purging the, the, the military banks sort of thing. You know, just kind of like getting rid of the old stuff so they can build some new stuff. Is, is that what they're sort of doing? Doing? <sighs> yeah. Either way, would you travel to Russia? Uh, either now, would you travel now? Or if Russia set off a nuclear bomb against its neighbor, would you visit Russia? Oh, good question. I'd, I'd still like to visit the country. I was there in 2017. I was hoping to go back again sometime just because, I mean, I didn't get to finish the trip last time. Uh, I'd love to go back to Ukraine as well, uh, see it again, uh, be there for you know a, few, for a bit longer than I was last time. <sighs> I don't know. It's, it's very... It's worrying, but at the same time, it's almost unbelievable to sort of even have to think about this sort of idea. Where were you when Putin threatened nuclear war? All right, changing the subject. One last little piece here. I know I'm pushing up um, over the 20 minutes already. I'm now on Substack. This is a very different change of topic here. Uh, I've been uh, thinking about this for a while, uh, starting a newsletter, and I've finally done it. I've, uh, so it's stevensersky.substack.com. That's where you can go uh, sign up for it. I'm not sure how often I'll be posting to this. I was thinking it would be sort of a, a, like a good monthly roundup. So if you want um, a newsletter from me, I'm not going to pester you with stuff every, uh, every week or every day. This is going to be like once a month probably a roundup of all the audio blogs and the, the podcasts that I've recorded and some of the things like that. And sort of, I was thinking even it would be kind of good to um, use that as an opportunity to not just r- start writing again, but uh, also to publish some of the travel photos that I have, maybe uh, publish one of those, uh, one or two. From what I've seen so far, I've been playing around the platform uh, far easier than MailChimp, especially in terms of just sending it out, create, composing uh, the email the, the newsletter, pressing send, and off it goes. I gone and I already I checked my email and there it was formatted the way I thought it was going to be. So it was uh, pretty neat to neat to see. So again, stevensersky.substack.com. Uh, that's where you can uh, subscribe to my newsletter. It's all free, at least currently it is. Who knows if I'll start charging? Probably not. This is a free service. More for what would you say? Broadening your horizons, cultural uh, acceptance. Uh, cultural broadening, something along along those lines. All right, folks, I'm going to leave it there. Uh, thanks for listening to me and uh, uh, li- hearing me out on this Ukrainian war thing. I mean, it is sort of a, a personal uh, topic for me, a personal issue. So it's uh, something that's it, it weighs on my mind quite a bit because uh, I know a lot of people who are actually being affected by this. Uh, if they're not in the country, then they're outside of the country and they have family still inside the country. So it's... Uh, very, very, it's very real. Let's put it that way. All right, folks. Again, thanks uh, uh, for uh, tuning in and uh, show notes and tracks up on my website, stevensterski.com. Thanks for listening. I uh, hope you guys have a great uh, Thanksgiving over in Canada. And for us here in Beijing, enjoy the blue skies and the windy weather. We'll talk again. Bye bye.